Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, God bless all you wonderful people for being with us on today. Truly, the Lord is good, and he's worthy to be praised. Well, let's get right into the word of the Lord. Those of you that have your Bible, uh, I think we're just going to be in teach uh, mode uh, today, if the Lord say the same. If you have your book, if you would just turn with me to the book of Peter, 1 Peter. Uh, well, no, this is, uh, uh, yes, First Peter, First Peter. Second uh, Peter, that is. We got First Peter and we got Second Peter. So if you turn to Second Peter, the first chapter, beginning at verse uh, one, we're going to read down uh, to verse number 17. And I want to use just for a subject matter, uh, as Peter was teaching the saints here, his audience, he was teaching them about uh, remembrance, stirring the people of God up. So that's my thought for today. Uh, stir you up by way of remembrance. All right, let's take a look at the text, how Peter starts here. Uh, verse number one, it starts off by saying, Simon Peter, a servant. And an apostle of Jesus Christ. Getting his identity out there. Put it out there. I'm a servant. First of all. And I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. Uh, to them that have obtained light precious faith. Okay. So he said he is an apostle of the Lord. And he is an apostle to them. Those of you that have obtained light precious faith that will be us uh with us through the righteousness of god and our savior jesus christ verse number two says he said grace be multiplied grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of god and of the lord jesus christ now i, I love that word grace grace and peace notice what it said be multiplied you think about those two words grace and peace we definitely need that. We need grace and we need peace. And he said it needs to be multiplied. Well, you think about multiplication. Uh, uh, that's the fast form of addition. You know, when you're adding two plus two is four, four plus four is eight. But when you said multiply, that's the fast, fast addition, right? Uh, it's more like nine times nine. Bam, 81. That right? I hope I got it right. So he said here about grace and mercy. He said grace and uh, peace. That's, that's it. Grace and peace. Let that be multiplied. That means plenty of it. We need plenty of grace. Oh, I thank God for grace. And I just don't want a small amount of grace. I, I need plenty of grace. I mean grace everywhere. Grace in front of me. Grace behind me. Grace, just grace all over the place. And not only just grace, you know, grace is what? God's unmerited favor. We need favor. Oh, I just need favor, Lord, everywhere. Favor with people I meet up and down the street. Favor I meet with when I, as I meet people on the job. 
favor with people next door, down, you name it, favor, favor, favor. Lord, give us favor. And when God give you favor, that means people be willing to work with you. They'll be willing to help you. They'll even point you into directions where you can get help and people be willing to uh, just, just, just help you out with what you're doing. So always ask God for, for grace. Because there's favor. So, and we, he said, this, this grace be multiplied. Oh, just abundance. And peace also going along with it. Peace be multiplied. We need that also. Uh, our world is in, we're in, we're in war with this uh, uh, overseas. You know, everybody know Ukraine and Russia. It's just so much war going on. Our world is upset. They disturb. And nobody have peace. And so, uh, Peter said, he, he, he really is saying grace and peace be multiplied. We need peace everywhere, all over the land, all over the places. We need peace. Peace in our home. Peace in our spirit. Peace on our job. Let it be multiplied. Anybody here like to see peace multiplied beside me? I, I want peace with my neighbors, peace with my coworkers. Amen. It's too much fighting, too much bickering. Uh, going on and so Peter said uh, that grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God this is the only way to get peace through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord God gives us peace and those of you that know the Lord and know God you know how to have peace and you know how to have this grace will be upon you because the God, the knowledge of God teaches us, hey, to keep down confusion. Sometimes just don't say nothing. So I just thank God for this grace and this peace that God has given to us, knowing, teaching us how to diffuse things. All right. It goes on to say, verse number three said, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertains unto life and godliness. Now, Paul's right there. Now, what, what Peter's saying, according to God, divine power, God's almighty power, the power of the Lord, he has given unto us everything that pertains to life. In other words, everything you need, God has given to us because we love him to have a good life, to enjoy this life. And I thank God he has given these things to us uh, that we might know how to have a good life. I heard one person say that they was a pastor uh, of the good life. Oh, that's good. So he said God has given to us all things that pertains to life. And not only just life here in the natural, some people don't really know how to enjoy life. But, but the scripture said, Paul, Peter said here, God has given to us the key, the secret uh, uh, uh in how to uh, enjoy this life. Life should be enjoyed. Am I making sense to anybody? Life should be enjoyed. And I, I pray God today that the Lord will share with each and every one of you the secret of having a good life. Enjoying this life. He has given to us all things that pertains to life. And check this out. And godliness. All things that pertain to God. He's given us the knowledge of God. How do we get it? Through the knowledge of him. Jesus. That has called us 
to the to glory and to virtues. So just to know Jesus, you get introduced to the good life and the knowledge of him. Verse number four says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You know, the Lord has really blessed us with some awesome things. And that by these you might be partaker of the divine nature. Now, this is very, very important, this particular verse right here. So, he said, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and some precious promises. I thank God today for the precious promises that he had given me, that he's given you, that you're going to walk into. These are some great promises, okay, uh, that the Lord has given us, that by He given us by the divine nature. Now, the divine nature, what is divine nature? The divine nature is the nature of God. Everybody need to really be infused with the divine nature of God. God nature. What is God's nature? God is love. God is joy. God is kind. God is peace. God is, he's just awesome. You know, that's, that's his nature. He's, 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 a, he's a loving God. And so all of God's people need to be endowed and blessed with the divine nature of God. Without God's nature, we know the other fellow's nature. It's to cause us to do bad things, to say bad things. And But we, we thank God today for the divine nature of God himself. I thank you. Our, God is holy. He's righteous. And if I have his nature, then I will be, I will, I'll be walking in holiness and walking in righteousness. I, I'm, our divine nature of our father that having escaped the, uh, having escaped the, look at this, the corruption that is in the world. When we look at what's in the world, that's what's going on, the, the, the bad things in life, the scripture called these things corruption, sin. It's all corruption. All of the things that would destroy one's life. That will, that will cause you to do bad in life. The Bible put it in just one little nutshell. It's all called corruption. Sin is nothing but corruption. But he said we have escaped the corruption that's in this world uh, through, through lust. The knowledge of our Lord and J Jesus Christ. Verse number four says, here's some things. If you want to be a better person, Peter is giving us a list, a list of virtues here, things that we need to help us be a better person. Anybody want to be a better person, a better you? Here is a list, and I encourage everybody to really pay closely attention to this this gift list that Peter has given out. In uh, Peter here, here's what he goes on to say. Peter says, verse five said, and besides this, give all diligence, pay close attention. Give this some consideration. Add to your faith virtue. This is very important as we said we have faith. As we have faith, he said add, add to your faith virtue. And, and this is going to help us be what? A better individual. Making sure that we add uh, these things to our life. Uh, I want to read it to you in the Living Bible. It breaks it down much, much plainer. Listen to what he said in the Living Bible right here at verse 3. All right. Chapter 1 and verse 3. Verse uh, 5, that is. He said, 
in verse 5. But to obtain these gifts, you need more than faith. You must only work hard to be good. Let me read that again. To obtain these gifts, you need more than faith. You must also work hard to be good. Now, who do you know work hard to be a good person? We do. God's people do. Right? Somebody said, well, you're not trying very hard. I've met people that are not trying very hard at all to be kind. They're not trying very hard to be to get along with people. But the Bible teaches us that we have a divine nature of God. And he said, and besides this, give all diligence, add to your faith. He, we got to work with add to obtain these. He said, you need to be you need to have more than just faith. You must also work hard to be good. And even that is not enough. Even working hard to be good is not enough. For then you must learn to know God better. And discover what he wants you to do. Are we working hard to discover what God wants us to do? And verse 6 said, he said, next he said, learn to put aside your own desires so that you will become patient and godly. Gladly letting God have his way with you. So that's what he's telling these people. The saints here in the sixth verse of Peter, he said, learning, learning to uh, put aside our own desire. If we will only do that sometimes, sometimes with some people, it's, it's all about what they want. We have to make sure it's not all about you in this life. It's more to life than than just me. We got to think about our fellow man. Our fellow brothers and sisters. So life is not just about us. Some people want to make it just about them. But it's not about you. Uh, it's about all of us. We all are here. And we are not all here to, uh, you know, accommodate one person. All of us need to be accommodated. I got to accommodate you. You got to accommodate me. It's about getting along, brothers and sisters. That makes sense anybody? That's what Peter's saying. It's about getting along. But some people make it all about them. He said, learn to, learn to discover what he wants you to do. Learn to put aside your own desire so that you will become patient and godly, gladly letting God have his way with you. That's what Peter is saying in verse number six. Notice he said in verse number six, also add to faith virtue. And to uh, virtue, knowledge. Knowledge is what? Knowing. God want to give us some information here. Give us some knowledge about things. And we definitely need the knowledge of God in our life. And he goes on to say, uh, verse number six. Okay, adding these things. He said, now, to knowledge, after you get knowledge, I want you to get temperance. Somebody say temperance. You know what temperance is. Temperance is knowing how far to go. If we all will only learn how far to go, when to stop. Okay, you've gone far enough. If you keep pushing and keep pushing, uh, a fight going to break out. So if we will only just learn temperance, when to stop. You know, uh, well, uh, I'll give you a good example. But of course, uh, okay, like this, other, everybody was watching their thing about Chris Rock when he got slapped. You know, they joke and tell, do what they do all the time uh, about people in the audience, you know, coming as they do that. But if he had had temper, if he had a known when to stop, uh, the man wouldn't have came up and gave him that slap that went all over the world. 
But he didn't have temper. He kept going and he kept going. He talking about the lady. She had her hair. She bald headed. And he don't know why she cut her hair off. Man, you keep driving and you keep driving. And it just pushed Will to get up and come slap him. And I'm not saying Will was wrong. It was a better way to handle that. But I'm showing you temperance. If people were practicing exercise temper more, a lot of things could be prevented. That makes sense to anybody. Okay, but he didn't practice tempering in his, uh, uh, his comedy as he was presenting the awards. He went too far. Let's make sure that we as God people practice tempering that we don't go too far and cause some things to happen that didn't have to happen. He said, add to knowledge temperance and to temperance uh, patience. Have you noticed lately that nobody have patience. People, patience is just running out. It's just gone. You're sitting at the red light. Here's a guy. He can't wait till you just take off. The light done changed. He got to toot his horn and give you a hint. Let's go. Let's go. You don't know if somebody going to come through on the other side. They don't care. The light, they just want you to just, just take on off immediately after it changed. Nobody got patience anymore to wait on anybody. Well, Peter is teaching his audience that these are some very important virtues that we need in our life. We need to have temperance. We need to have uh, faith. We need to have knowledge. We need to have patience. After he said patience in verse 6, he said, and to patience, godliness. Godliness. After we get some patience, oh, we need a big uh, healthy dose of godliness. Our world is becoming more and more uh, ungodly ungodly it's an ungodly generation ungodly world and so peter said we need a a a, a big dose of god and i thank god that that you are a godly person we're becoming more and more godly and verse 7 said and after you get through adding a big dose of godliness godliness he said brotherly kindness look at that and to brotherly kindness charity now let me read you verse number uh, six and seven in the Living Bible, it breaks it down very, very clear. Check this out. In the Living Bible, Living Bible, it says, "Learn to put aside your own desires, so that you will become patient and godly, gladly learning God, letting God have His way with you." Verse seven. This will this will make possible the next step which is for you to enjoy other people and to like them. See what, what, what Seven said, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. A lot of people don't like folk. The reason why they don't like people is because they don't have brotherly kindness and sisterly kindness. That's what Peter is saying. Uh, we have to get some patience. If you don't have patience, you will not like people. People will get on your nerve if you don't have patience. So it's very important that we ask God to make us a patient individual that we might be able to endure and like folk. That makes sense. You've been around folks, somebody that don't like folk. You can tell people that don't. I heard folk tell me, I, I just don't care for a whole lot of folks. A person that talk that way is a person that don't have patience because they feel like a whole lot of folk going to really get on their nerves. Peter is grooming us and showing us how to be better children of God when we get patient and when we, when we have brotherly kindness and, uh, and brotherly kindness, charity, all right, that we might be better 
brothers and sisters toward one another. Verse number 8 says, check this out. For if these things be in you, the list that we gave, patience, kindliness, godliness, knowledge, temperance, faith, you know. If these things be in you and abound that are working, they'll make you that you should not neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We definitely want to be uh, fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, verse number nine goes on to say, but he that liked these things. Let me show you something. If you don't have, if you don't like these, these, the list of things that uh, Brother Peter explained, he said, he that liked these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. If you like brotherly kindness, if you like in godliness, if you are liking patience, if you are liking temperance and faith, and, and, and if you're liking these things, you really don't, you, you don't know how blind you really are. He said you are blind and can't see afar off, and definitely you've forgotten that you've been purged, that the Lord saved you. We don't want to get to this point that we've forgotten that the Lord saved you, that the Lord has saved us. Never get to that point that the Lord has saved you. I remember years ago, earlier when I became a Christian, when I first got in the church, that uh, there was a particular guy, you know, being young, and I was uh, a country boy and everything, and strong and feel like I could, I could whoop a bear. Uh, but the Lord saved me from all that fighting. And I remember there was a particular guy in the neighborhood. He was a they call he was a peeping a peeping tom. He would go around folks' houses and and peeping through the window and all that kind of stuff. So the words out in the community that dust and dust was you catch he be, he's peeping through folks' window. And one day I, I I I just got saved now. I just got saved. Gave the Lord my life, gave my heart. And one day, one day, uh 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 this particular person, we caught him peeping in our kitchen window. And when I saw him, he took off, he ran. But I confronted him one day at the store. You know, every community got a little Chinaman store in the neighborhood. We went up to the we went up to the corner store to get something for mom. And I caught him there and I saw him. I said, Hey, we saw you looking through our kitchen window. I said, Don't do it no more. And he said, Well, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And when he said that, man, I was ready to fly into him. And I was ready to let him know what I was gonna do. I started taking my jacket off. I finna dust him right there. And the Lord reminded me, you got saved. You gave your life to Jesus. You don't fight no more. You don't clown like that in the street no more. And I thought about it. So it came to me, hey, you're saved. You're, you're sanctified now. You don't do that. And so this is what Peter is saying right here. He said, now, if, if, you have the, if you have these things in you and they're working, it'll remind you who you are, that, that the Lord has saved you. And, but if these things are not in your life, you, you'll forget that you have been purged from your old sin. So I, for a moment, I forgot. I, I, I gave the Lord my heart. And it came to my memories. Let it, let, it, let it go. You don't do this. You know, you have to put that in the hands of the, call the police on. Let them handle this peeping tom. But I was ready to handle him. But the Lord reminded you, 
You don't do that anymore. So if and this is why people find themselves doing uh, what they shouldn't be doing because they're not exercising the list of things that Brother Peter uh, 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 told us to make sure we have these in our life and that they be uh, abounding and operating in our life. Now, verse number 10 goes on to say, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. So he said, dear brethren, work hard to prove that you really are among, among those God has called and chosen. That's your calling and election. It's very important that all of you don't take your salvation lightly. You have to work hard to make sure that God has called you into uh, the election of saints. That God has called you into this way uh, by the, the way you live. Don't take it lightly lying down. I have to work hard to prove to myself and everybody that I am a child of God. I am who I say I am. You have to do the same thing. Also, don't you walk around in life and you'll be a phony. We don't want to be a phony. We got too many phonies and too many people that's, that's not real. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So Peter is saying you make sure you make your calling in election sure. So you work hard to make sure that people that when they identify with you can say, yes, this man is a Christian. He's a Christian man. She's a Christian woman. He's a child of God. She's a child of God. If you don't work hard at it, people won't be able, they won't be able to tell. And this is a problem that we have in life. People are not working hard on in making their calling and election sure. You got to work on that. If you say you're a child of God, show it. Show forth the fruits of that. So that's what he mean by make your calling and election sure. Work on it. Work on it. So you, 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 people can say that you are who you say you are. Am I making sense in about it? Wherefore the brother, well, the brethren, uh, give all diligence. Make your calling and election sure. Are you sure you were born again? Are you sure you are a child of God? For if you do these things, you shall never fail. Make sure you're a child of God. Help somebody. Be kind to somebody. Show brotherly love. Uh, be patient. Be kind. Be lovable. And in doing this, you're showing us that you are who you say you are. God has changed my life. God, the Lord has changed your life. Why? How you know? Look at the things that I say and I do now. Amen. I don't do the things that I used to do. All right. Going on, move just further. Uh, verse number 11 says, For so an interest shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 12 said, Wherefore, I would not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. Check this out, verse 12 and 13. But this is where I form my text. Stir you up by way of remembrance. Peter said right here, Wherefore, I will not be negligent. Y'all see that? To put you always in remembrance of these things. So what Peter is saying, every now and then, I will not be negligent. I will not be slack in reminding you, brothers and sisters, that you work hard to be a child of God. If we had more and more teachers, more and more instructors that would, that would encourage the people to work hard daily in their home, work hard to have a happy home, a happy marriage, a happy family, be a, 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 a better child of God, put that out there. Charge them that you got to work hard to be a child of God. 
It ain't that you just confess Christ as your personal Savior and go about your business. You got some work to do, brother. There's some work to do, sister. You confessed him now. Let's get to work. And Paul, Peter said, uh, I will not be negligent to put you. He said, look at that word. He said, always. So I got to always remind y'all. Y'all working on it? We sing that song. I'm working on a building. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it has a true foundation. So are you working on it? Somebody said, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And, and brother pastor have to be patient with his members, his parishioners, as they work on it. You know, because one man told me, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> uh, and, and I asked him, that same man told me, he said, well, preacher, Rome wasn't built in a day. I said, well, how long did it take to build Rome? I don't know, but it wasn't built in a day. So you got to give folk time. Am I right? Y'all listening to me? Give folk time. Amen. To work some things out in their life. He said, but I will not be negligent to always put you in remembrance of these things. Check this out. Though ye know them. And sometimes you know, you know these things. And uh, I find it that people now really don't like to be reminded of things, especially when they know. They'll, they'll brush off. I, I know. I know. I know. I already know. Oh, you don't have to say no. I already know. Well, even if you know, Peter is teaching us that we should be patient and we should be kind and let those people still remind us. And we don't have to be rude uh, uh, in, in them giving us the advice as they remind us uh, about even the things that we know. I know a lot of things, but I still let people tell me uh, about some things. And when they finish, I said, well, that, that's real good. I, I know a little about that, but that's good, the information you shared. Thank you. Be courteous and be kind. Uh, he said, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. All right. Now, verse number 13 is very, very important. Check this out. He said, yea, I think it's me. I think it's important is as long as I am in this tabernacle, tabernacle that this body, to stir you up by putting you and remember, in other words, Peter said, I'm going to always remind you. So this is a friendly reminder. This is a friendly reminder of all of us that we had to continue to work for the Lord. Jesus said, go in my vineyard and work. So this is a reminder that we are to continue to work for the Lord. Peter said, I plan to keep on reminding you of these things, even though you already know them. And are, really, and are really getting along quite well. But I'm going to continue to remind you. People have to be reminded. You know, one thing, don't take a reminder to the offense. A reminder is just a reminder. That's all it is, a reminder. And But people will be offended when you remind them. If you remind them, we have service Sunday morning at, at 11 o'clock. We have uh, the prayer call Wednesday at 6.30, sometimes people need a reminder because as we get older, sometimes time get away from us. Sometimes things slip. Our minds slip. We're getting older. We can't remember. Somebody says, oh, I forgot to tune in. Yeah, you forgot. So sometimes people need a reminder, and, but take a reminder the right way. Y'all see what, see what I'm saying, what Peter's saying? And he said, uh, yeah, I, I think it's me. As long as I am in the body, I'm alive. I have my health and strength, my right mind. I want to stir you up. 
I like the way he used the word stir you up. You know God's people need to be stirred up. Any of you, you, you didn't know anything about cooking. You just can't put that stuff in the pot and turn the fire on. Am I making sense to anybody? You got to stir it up. I mean, you, you put your seasoning in the pot. You just can't throw it in there and not stir it. One section of the pot might be seasoned. The rest other part might be flat. You got to stir it up. To bake a cake, you got to stir it. Am I, are you listening to me? You got to stir it. So if, if, if everything else in life got to be done the same, you got to give it some tension. People need to be stirred up about their Christian walk with the Lord. Stir them up. It's, it's a friendly reminder. It's not, it's not that we're throwing you under the bus. It's not that we're trying to just come down on you. But it's a reminder that, that God wants us to really keep his word and keep his commandments. And that we live the way he wants us to live. Uh, so he said, I, I'm going to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. People need to be reminded. No doubt in my mind, somebody might have not remembered to tune in today. Oh, y'all listen to me. Because we get busy. We get busy doing our chores. We get busy doing that. And, and, but in other words, we have an appointment. I have, a, I have a, a doctor's appointment coming up this Thursday. And you know what they did? They called me. Yesterday, uh, Friday, when I got off work, they sent a, a, a reminder, a text message to my phone and remind me about my appointment Thursday that's coming up this week. And ask me, am I still going to make that appointment? If I'm going to make that appointment, do this, hit this number, do that number. And I did that and that confirmed that I look forward to seeing you guys, you all Thursday. Keep my appointment. So even even the business aspect, in other words, this is all about business. Business are set up, and they want to make sure you can make your appointment. If not, somebody else can have that point, that that slot. Y'all listen. Somebody else can have that that appointment time. So I said, Hey, I'm gonna be there. Cause I gotta talk to you, make sure you get my medicine straight. <laughs> So, so if, 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 the, if the business world got sense to do that, what about the church world? What about God's people? What about God's children? We need a reminder that Sunday is our time with God. That Wednesday is our time in the presence of God. We need reminders also. Let's not take offense to reminders. The world got better sense than that. Can you say amen somebody? Peter said, I'm going to remind you all. I'm going to remind you, all right, of, of what God said. Let's go on just a little bit further. Turn with me. Let's go just a little further. Look at the book of uh, Timothy. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. Look at this. Timothy, the fourth chapter, in verse one. We're talking about just a reminder, just a reminder. I don't, I don't, I don't, I like when people remind me. I don't know about y'all, but I like when people remind me of things. Okay, check this out. First Peter, the fourth chapter. Y'all got it? Okay, I'm gonna, verse one, I'm going to read down to verse six. Verse six is where I'm going to get my thought. But he, now, uh, this right here is a reminder. He said, now, verse one said, now the Spirit speaks expressly, very loud. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is speaking expressly loud. 
I can hear God. I thank God I can hear him. It expresses that in the latter times, some, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. So this, this is a stern warning from the apostle Paul to the saints. In the last day, some shall depart from the faith. Now, this is a warning. Now, uh, a reminder, when you think about the word of God, there are, in the, in the scripture, there are reminders. Paul said, I'm going to put you in, Peter said, I'm going to put you in remembrance. Now, this right here is a, this is a, a, a warning. There's warnings and there are reminders. Well, when I looked at those two words, warning and, and reminders, they, they, they have two different meanings. A warning. Have you ever been traveling somewhere and maybe you've seen a power line down, a live line down, and they, they tape it off and they put the tape up, and, and is they put up the warning tape. Most of the time when you get a warning, a warning is, is, is alerting you of what? Danger, 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 something life-threatening. Uh, it's detrimental when it's a warning. But a reminder is not always a detrimental, life-threatening, you know, that might be harm. But, but both of them are very, very important. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So here in this particular chapter, uh, 4, uh, Paul is giving us a warning that this is detrimental. This, this right here is dangerous. This right here can be hazardous. So this here is a warning. Not it's a reminder too, but more so than that, it's a it's, it's a warning. Now he said that in the last time, some shall depart from the faith, the church, the truth of God, and they're going to be giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of the devil. Make sure you don't fall in that category, because to give heed to seducing spirits. And doctrine of the devil is detrimental to your salvation. So this is a stern warning and it's, and it's harmful and it can be very detrimental to your salvation. This is what Paul is saying. Make sure that you don't uh, uh, fall into this category that where you'll be giving heed to seducing spirit and doctrine of the devil. In verse 2C, 2C goes on to say, speaking lies and hypocrisy. Uh, I, I tell you, you, you never seen... Uh, having their country sealed with, with a hard iron. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. I've I never seen a time now and more and more people can look you straight in the face and tell you a bald-faced lie and not bat their eye. And, and I mean, and be serious as a heart attack. This is the time that we're living in. And P, Paul is reminding us they speaking lies and hypocrisy. I mean, just, just look at you and lie. And you can look at them. You know they lying. But they just as serious about it. How can I mean straight face? And they think you're gonna eat it up. They want you to eat it up. They want you to believe it. So he said, now this, this is a warning here. He said, speaking lies and hypocrisy, their conscience, their conscience is seared with a hot iron. In other words, they they don't have a conscience anymore. They will say anything to you. Don't have a country. The country won't bother them. It won't eat them up. It won't make them apologize. Say, well, I'm sorry. I didn't really mean all that. They don't have a country. Verse 3 says, uh, forbidding to marry and forbidding to 
obtained from meats which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Uh, so we're living in a day and time, Peter, Paul, this is Paul writing, Paul is saying we're living in a day and time that people will be forbidden to marry. People don't want to get married no more. They want to shack up. No, I ain't going to marry him. I shack with him. They forbidden to this, but marriage is God's way. And so our generation, is, is, is we get into the time now, uh, era now, and people just, man, I ain't never get married no more. I, I, I got married, man, in my 20s, and it didn't work out. I, I had a man tell me, one of my friends, he said, Tom, I ain't going to never get married no more. But he said he ain't going to never stop seeing women. He just said, I ain't going to never get married again. So you just said you just going to fornicate and be a whole monger adulterer for the rest of your life. But you ain't going to do it the right way. That's what God talking about. Forbidding to marry. People consider and say to their mouth, I'll never get married again. Well, you may have had a bad fellow or a, 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 a rotten sister. But, but, but will you go to that point, to that length to say, I'll never get married again. Are you going to be by yourself the rest of your life? No. But I ain't going to never get married again. We living in these times where people are going there. They say, I ain't going to do it no more. So they just going to do it their way. It's going to be messed up. And it ain't going to be God's way. So we're going to be li we living in that time now. Forbidding to marry. I ain't going to do it no more. But I'm still going to see men. I'm still going to see women. I'm still going to date. I'm still going to go out. Well, this is a warning. This is a warning. I commanded to uh, uh, meet and receive things that God said should be received. Thank you. Verse 4 said, he said, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. We got to learn to always be thankful uh, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Now, here is here it is right here. Check this out. This is what I want you to know. My punchline. Paul said. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the word of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast obtained. So Paul puts it this way. What makes a good minister? Not that he can hoop. He can go up high. He can bring it down low. That, that's not a good minister. No. He may be good, a, a good orator. He might have gone to school and taken up voice control or something like that. The how to, the how to make his voice sound like this and all that hooping and hollering. Oh, he may have taken that up somewhere in school, but that don't make him a good minister. Yeah. He might be a good hooper, but he's not a good minister. I, what I'm talking about today, what make a good minister? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what make a good minister? One that will remind you of what God said. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It ain't got nothing to do with the college he went to, what, what, what university he came out of. It doesn't matter. That, that's, that's not it. That's not God's criteria and what determining and making one a good minister. My, my bishop taught me this years ago that, that, that what makes a good minister, and I definitely want, and this is Paul instructing to Timothy because he wanted Brother Timothy to be good. He said, now, if you put the brethren, uh, and I throw the sister in there too because he's not leaving y'all out. If you put the brothers and the sister in remembrance of what God said in his word, thou shalt be a good minister. He said, nothing about hooping going to make you good. All that hooping, it, it might make you jump up and feel like dancing and running. <laughs> but that's about all. 
You feel good for the moment. But what makes the minister, the man of God, a good minister is he reminds y'all what the Lord said. That's, that's our charge. That's what we got to do. And so I want to be a good minister. And what's going to make me be a good minister? I'm a, from time to time, I bring, I bring God's word to your attention. So I, I let stir. He said, Peter said, stir them up by putting them in, in, by putting them in remembrance. Stir them up. Stir it up. I have to stir you up. When you leave out here today, I, I want you to be stirred up in your mind. Stirred up in your spirit about God. Stirred up. That, all that stuff that does settle down, is going to scorch in the bottom of the pot. Stirred up. Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that's in you. If you got anything, it got to be stirred up. If you can sing and don't use it, it ain't no good. If you got gifts that you can do to help the body of Christ and don't do it, it's no good. The matter of fact, the scripture told her, he said, whatever your hands find to do, he said, do it. Some people gifted, they can talk to folks. They know how to go out and reach the folks and talk, tell them about the Lord. He said, y'all ain't doing it. Why don't you come on and go to church with me? Some people got that gift. And folks will follow them right on to the house of the Lord. So whatever gift you got, Use it. You get stirred up because if some, I heard somebody say, if you don't use it, you're a loser. You ever heard it like that? I knew a man that could sing so well one time, and he stopped singing. When he stopped back trying to sing, and voice breaking and cracking, he said, man, I don't know what's wrong with my voice. I'll tell you what's wrong with it. You ain't been practicing. You stop practicing. You stop using it. I've seen Old folks sing like the Gaither brothers, all them old gospel singers. Man, they were singing young, and they 60, 80-something years old, and man, they still can hum. They can still sing bass, still sing tenor, because they never stop using and practicing their voices. You got to stir it up. Y'all follow what I'm saying? And I've known people that could sing. Uh, Y'all seen the movie The Temptation a long time ago when it came out. They put this movie out, The Temptation, when it came back. How them boys were singing on stage and performing everywhere. Oh, man, they could sing all them songs, My Girl, and all those wonderful songs that we enjoyed in that day and time. But you know what? Them old fellas got old one day. It showed after the movie was all over. They all got old, and they had a family reunion there out there on the ground, and they was out there trying to do some of the old moves and about to break their back. Man, bent over, couldn't hardly get up. You know what? Because they stopped using what they had. Am I making sense to anybody? You got to keep on using it. They're trying to turn like they used to could turn. Man, you can't do it no more. Why? Because they stopped using it. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Keep on doing what you're doing for the Lord. So, when, so you can keep doing what you're doing for the Lord. Am I making sense to anybody? So he said right here, if you put the brother in remembrance, keep stirring them up. Keep stirring them up. Keep reminding them, reminding them of what the Lord said. You're going to be a good minister of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, I'm almost done. I'm going to let you go. But I got one more scripture here I want to give you. And that's in the book of Corinthians. Stir them up. Stir them up. Our people need to be stirred up. Stir them up. Because I don't want you to scorch you all possess some good things in your heart and in your mind God had put good talent in you in your hands you can do things you can make stuff happen and I want you to use it stir it up for the Lord check this out first Corinthians the fourth chapter stir it up stir it up 
Now, verse, verse number 14, 15, 16, and 17, that's what, that's what I want to do, and I'm going to let you go. 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 15, 16, and 17, it says these words. Paul said, this, this also is a warning. Now, this is not a reminder. This is a, a warning. Okay. Verse 14 says, I am not writing these things to shame you, but as my beloved son, I warn you. So what Paul is writing here, he's warning. And I told you what a warning is. Warning is uh, uh, danger, danger. Harmful, harmful. So he said, I'm writing you now. This is a warning. All right, y'all get that? But notice how he started off. He said, I'm not writing these things to shame you. So the, 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 the purpose, the whole idea behind the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, even though we may not be there, we may not be where we ought to be in God. I like the way Paul styled it. He said, I write not these things to shame you. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody this morning. That's not what it's all about. He said, I'm not trying to shame you. You may not be what you ought to be in Christ, but it's not, I'm tr not trying to shame you, but I'm trying to help you. Can somebody get that right there? He said, I'm not trying to shame you. And so many times I've been in settings where the preacher were actually trying to shame people, make them feel embarrassed, make them feel, amen, very, very small. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I've been in churches where, well, the old-fashioned churches where they didn't believe that the woman should wear uh, pants to church. And if one happened to came to church that Sunday with pants on, oh, my goodness, all eyes were fashioned on her. And, and, and whatever the sermon the pastor had that, that week, he laid it to the side and took a new sermon and began to talk about women shouldn't wear pants. So, and embarrass her in front of all the other ladies who have skirts and dresses on. Okay. So, I look at what Paul's saying right here. And I really, I like it. And it's the way things should be done. We're just in teach mode this morning. Okay, that all right with y'all? Uh, Paul said, I write not these things to shame you. That's not what it's all about. Well, you smoked a cigarette yesterday. I'm, I'm not here, I'm not going to try to shame you today because you smoked a cigarette yesterday. But I would like to try to help you with that. I'm not here to try to shame you because you may have told a, 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 a big fat lie on yesterday. But I would like to help you with that. Yeah. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Amen. And encourage you that, you know, that's not good and that's not the Christian way. There is a better way. So he said, I write not these things to shame you, but my beloved son, I warn you. There it is right there. Everything that come out of the word of God, it ought to be a reminder or a warning. And I think we can, we can heed, to, uh, heed to warnings and reminders better than we can uh, shaming us. Because if you shame me too bad, I ain't never coming back to your house. That makes sense in the you shame me in front of everybody, I ain't, I'm not going to come back to your place. You make me look stupid like that. Am I making sense? So a warning and a reminder is the way to go. And you're talking to people and helping people. Let it fall into those categories, a warning or reminder.
and see, see don't they receive it a little bit better. All right, let's move on. Verse number 15 says, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, those are teachers. He said, Though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers uh, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. So Paul is saying, this is a warning, but, but he said, he called them my beloved sons and daughters. I warned you. And you may, there may be 10,000 teachers. There are teachers everywhere, all over the world that can teach this Bible and teach the, teach the way of the Lord. There may be teachers everywhere, but all these teachers to you are not uh, considered to be a father in the gospel. I don't receive all these teachers, yet they are teachers. But to me, all of them are not my father in the gospel. Notice what Paul said here. For though there be 10,000 instructors in the gospel, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I, I have begotten you through the gospel. I've begotten you through the gospel. So there are many teachers out there, and he's, in, he's encouraging them. They are teachers, but I'm your father. And I begotten you in the gospel. I appreciate you and you got saved. You should follow me. Not Joe Blow. Not John Doe. Don't follow. They might be teachers, but, but I'm your father in the gospel. You're my son. You're my daughter in the gospel. Don't follow them. And that's, that's very, very important and very, very key. Because I, I know a lot of people, they follow anything and everybody. Now, don't run behind all this stuff. Big time preacher come to town and folk run over there to him. Here, a lady evangelist come to town. Sons of sons are coming to town. They run over there. Look, they come to town. They just come to town. I got my preacher. I got my teacher. <laughs> Y'all follow what I'm saying? They, 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 they're not my father in the gospel. They're not my instructor. I got mine. And so be careful running to all these ministries and all these little outings and all these little fellows that said they are teachers, said they are instructor in Christ, said they are, they are, they are apostles, they this and they that. Be careful with that. Don't run to all that stuff. You got your teacher. You got your instructor. Am I making sense in the body? This is what Paul is telling his saints here. He's telling his Christians. He said, you got all these teachers, all these instructors, but, but, but I'll be guiding you through the God. In verse 16, he said, wherefore I, be, I, be God, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Now, they out there, but you follow me. You don't, you don't want your people running behind all those other folks. He, Paul said, you follow me. And, and let's go on, he said in verse 17, for this call I've sent titles. I've sent titles. Who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. So Paul said just because there's so many teachers out there, I'm going to send Timothy to y'all. And Timothy is going to remind you of my ways and my teaching which be in Christ. It's very, very important. Paul wanted his followers to remember him. I'm your father in the gospel. You're my son. You're my daughter. Remember me in the gospel and follow me. You know my ways and my teaching. How many of you know my ways? How many of you know my teaching? You didn't know me, you can say. If somebody says something, you can say, oh, no, I know Brother John. He don't go along with that right there. He don't go along with that kind of stuff right there. Because why, how, how could you say that? I know his ways and I know his teaching. I know he definitely wouldn't approve of that. 
This is what Paul saying to those Corinthian saints. He said, you know my ways and you know my teaching. You got to know your preacher. That's why you can't follow all the mother fellows that fly in here. You don't know them. He come from he come from way over there. You don't know nothing about him. You don't know nothing about her. That's why you shouldn't run to all that stuff. But Paul said, you know my ways and you know my teaching. Y'all follow what I'm saying? All right. That I teach everywhere in every church. So the lesson this morning is uh, stirring us up by way of remembering. Give the Lord a hand praise. I hope I said something to encourage you on today. We need to be stirred up through teaching and warnings. Amen. Remind us. God bless you. I hope I said something to encourage your heart on today. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.